How's it going today, guys? Once again, we are back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TB3. Today is November 8th. It's a Thursday, 2018. Huge day in sports. we got a little Panthers, uh, Steelers action on right now. I'm your guest, or your host, Thomas Penland, live with my guest, Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? Um, it's me, the Johnny Sins, and Michael Rappaport of podcasting. Um, Thomas, blessed to be with you here again on another episode. I don't know which number episode this is, but there have been a lot of them. Um, I've been on about a third of them, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But um, ready to get back into the top or the hot 100, ready to kind of go over some picks, ready to talk about some of the NBA storylines that we've been going over. If you don't know, my name is Cohen Hughes from the Daily Degenerate Podcast, where we discuss betting, sports, comedy, the like. Great show. Y'all definitely got to go give it a listen. It cracks me up every single time I listen to you and Maddie get after it. Um, not going to lie, Cohen, this is a pretty busy week this week in sports. Like lots of NFL, mm-hmm. NBA, everything I feel like is kind of starting to heat up. Lots of good storylines. But, I mean, obviously we got to start with our dirty birds. I mean, that's where that's where we feel like we, we start every week. So we may as well do it once again. Signing, going out. We got Bruce Irving. You know, it's one of the first times I feel like my teams have been like, geez, we really need to go out and make this move. We went out and did it. I mean, what did you think about it? Um, I agree with you. I love the sense of urgency that Dimitrov and Quinn are working with here by even if fuck he tears his ACL tomorrow at practice. This made me happy because of the aggressiveness of the front office, the aggressiveness of, of Quinn to get um, the D line some help. And he knows that all defensive pressure and all t- turnover or turnovers and takeaways start on the pass rush. Just like Bill Belichick says, I really do love this move. Bruce Irvin really should help out our Falcons a lot. Yeah, I think Bruce Irvin will help out a lot. I heard on the radio today we're going to run like a NASCAR package on third down and longs where we have Irving, Beasley, and uh, Tack McKinley all in the field together at once. So, I mean, mm-hmm. imagine seeing that coming at you if you're Baker Mayfield. That's going to be crazy. I'm um, just Oh, I, I am. I am, too. And, you know, Vic Beasley, he misses a lot of tackles he should make. So I think having Bruce in there will make us a little bit better. He's familiar with Dan Quinn's system, so I think it'll be an easy adjustment for him. But mm-hmm. I think it is big impact on this game for us. I think the Falcons will win this game. Obviously, it's going to be cold. It might be snowing up there in Cleveland. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think we're going to come out, run the ball really well with Ito and TK. I mean, the Browns do have a good rush defense, but I still think we can get it done. I mean, the Redskins pretty much had top two. or they, I think they were number two or three in the league in rush defense last week. Mm-hmm. Didn't bother us at all. Nope. We went for over 100. This offense is rolling. We saw the Browns get trashed last week by the Chiefs. The Falcons offense will keep rolling, keep putting up the numbers. You know, right now, Matt Ryan's probably top three, top four in the MVP race. I expect him to make another case for it. It might be a little high scoring. I bet you the Browns will get a garbage time touchdown to make it a little closer than it seems, but I don't think they're stopping us. Do the, Fal- do the Falcons cover the six and a half? That's difficult. I predict we win this game like 38 to like 33 or something like that. I could see him. Browns don't a, score that many points. I don't know, man. I mean, our defense played really well last week. <laughs> I think our defense can get the stops we need this week. I don't see the thing is we might only get like 31 points or so. I think no matter what, the Browns will keep it. I I can't make a bet on this game, but gun to my head, I would take the Browns to cover here. If it if it gets to seven, I would take the Browns to cover, which I bet it will. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll probably float to seven right at game time. 
Yeah, if I were a Browns person, I'd buy a half point, go to seven. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. that's just the safest bet on the board for you in that game. But like I said, I think the foul, I think the best bet in this game would be a Falcons team total, whatever it's going to be at an over on that. If I had to guess, it would be around 23, 24 points. The over also looks decently nice in this game, too. So I think one of those two would be a better bet than just taking. I, th- I think the Falcons team total the most, but I think that those two are a better bet than taking a point spread. What do you? What about you? Um, I actually have parlayed for our hot 100. I'll give you a little sneak peek. Falcons minus six and a half mm-hmm. parlayed with the over at 50 and a half. Ooh, I mean, that's that's sneaky. I kind of like it, but y'all yeah. better stay tuned, by the way. I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the show. Hot 100 is heating up this week. We'll go we'll review a little bit what happened last week. But yeah, we're getting we're getting after this week. But I mean, I'm not it's it's a big game, though, for us, Cohen. You know, we really need this win. The Falcons kind of are now in the meat of their schedule. We're going to get Debo back probably in a week or two. I've heard the 17th. I heard the 24th. So, I mean, if we could get him back for that Dallas game, that's going to be big time. I think we can beat yeah. Dallas either way. Dallas will not be able to score the ball to hang with us in the Dome. We're unstoppable in the Dome. <laughs> Dallas is not going to be able to score the points. It's, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, we need to get these two wins rolling to New Orleans. A coming hot Thanksgiving day. Nothing would please me more than to eat a fat-ass plate of Thanksgiving turkey and giblets and stuffing and all that and then turn on the Falcons game and just watch them beat the Saints 42-17. to Oh, I would love to watch us, be, watch us go out there and feast for a second time that day, but – you know what? I on this show, as big of a Falcons fan as I am, I have to be. I have. I you know. What I mean, I have to be credible. I can't just go with my team because they're my team. That is going to be a dog fight in that game. The Falcons. If anybody is built to beat the Saints, it is us. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if anybody can beat Drew Brees in that Superdome. And like I was talking about, I went solo earlier this week on hot takes. I was saying that Saints. That Saints. Um. Rams race for the number one seed in the NFC is huge because I don't know if anybody that is going to march to new orleans and beat drew Brees at home nope if he can secure a home field advantage um we could be seeing another drew Brees super bowl and played in atlanta um i knew against the rams that the saints were, were going to beat them they should have trounced them really their defense played super conservative and let up a lot of points early in the second half um the saints are rolling and it just got worse this week with the signing of des bryant I'm not going to lie to you. That really scares the fuck out of me. Third and um, seven. You got Drew Brees. Takes a snap from the shotgun. Stick route. Des Bryant. He gets the seven, eight, nine yards they need for the first down. Move those chains. Um, I'm not even going to lie to you. It scares me. But at the same time, I think there's a high chance that Des Bryant could have negative effects on this team. And he could really chance. hurt them in the locker room. I don't know, man. He's definitely been questionable character in the locker room. He's he's proved it. So I hey, mean, two years ago, I would have agreed with you, but seeing the dumpster fire that Jason Garrett runs in that organization, I can't be convinced at all that Des Bryant was the problem. Um, I would say he's a problem, but he definitely didn't help at the same time. Uh, I I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think Des Bryant has a high chance. It's just kind of like Carmelo Anthony. I think he's just one of those kind of players where what he carries around, but at the same time, he could also come out with a huge chip on his shoulder and absolutely ball out. So I'd say the chances of Des Bryant working out are probably like 85% that he works out. And if he works out, I mean, you, like you said, this, the Super Bowl is probably the limit for the Saints. I mean, they yeah. get, it's going to, that's scary. And you know what? Like, honestly, 
Honestly, what do you think the over would be on a Rams or Saints versus the Chiefs Super Bowl? 70. <laughs> 69 and a half. <laughs> 69 and a half. I like I like that. No, I bet it probably I bet it would be 60 points. Yeah, no shit. Um that would be incredible to see. Just uh, oh, ab- two, two offensive juggernaut Super Bowl fight down to the wire. That would be that would be a spectacle to behold. Mm-hmm. It would do, it would be yeah. I, I, that's the kind of Super Bowl I'd like to watch. It was kind of like this last one, so mm-hmm. it would definitely be cr- very crazy to watch. Uh, been looking forward ahead at the rest of this NFL or just all football in general. I mean, what what team do you think right now is kind of a pretender that is going to be exposed this week? Um, I thought it was Washington, as good as they are and as far as defense can take you um, in the NFL. This is not classic football anymore. You have to have a prolific offense to get you going. And the Redskins were a pretender, but we know that. Um, I would, I would tend to say that, depending on the day, and this is weird, going from last year to this year, but depending on the day, the Vikings could be pretenders. The defense has taken some hits in terms of injuries and free agents leaving. Um, Kirk Cousins is putting up all the stats in the world, but it. He also has some costly fumbles at some moments. Uh, Mike Zimmer seems to have taken a step back in terms of play calling and head coaching. Um, the Vikings, I'm not going to say definitely are a pretender, but they definitely have a high percentage chance to be one, especially seeing the emergence of other NFC teams, especially like the Saints that are on a different level this year, the Rams that are on a different level this year. I mean, and I don't, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but this race for the playoff seeds three through six is going to be a fucking fight. I guarantee you Seattle is going to play into the last day of the season. I guarantee you all these other NFC teams are just scratching, fighting and clawing for these six available playoff spots. Um, I would say that the AFC has a bigger, probably percentage of pretenders, um, the Texans, maybe I, I'm a guy who likes the Texans, but they're not ready yet. I like maybe. the Texans. Me too. Me too. But they're not ready yet, especially seeing how good some of the teams, especially the top teams in the AFC and almost all the teams in the NFC are. Um, so, what, so overall, what team do you think will get exposed this weekend? This weekend? Um, yeah. I don't know. This weekend in particular, I really, really, really like the Colts money line against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Jalen Ramsey has had a very adverse effect on that locker room. Not that it was so functional to begin with. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. This is a team full of renegades and a shitty quarterback, which brings morale down with a suspect head coach in Doug Marone, who got extended for some odd reason, but that's a conversation for a different episode. Um I think the Jacksonville Jaguars this week lose to the, to, to the Colts. Um, I think the Jags have already been exposed personally as a pretender. I, I agree with you that their locker room kind of has fallen apart. But at the same time, I feel like the Jags haven't been able to keep Fournette healthy. They haven't been able to control the ball, control the clock like they did last year. I just I just never really bought into the Jags even as the season started. I said I thought they'd miss the playoffs from the get-go. Um, I think a team that has kind of a been a pretender all season long and gets exposed is the Bengals. I think they're going to get smacked this week by the Saints. I don't even think that game's going to be close. I think the Saints march up there to Cincinnati, 
beat them like 31, like 20, 31, 14, something like that. I think, I think it could be bad. It could even like the saints could put a 40 spot on them up, up on them pretty quick. So I think that's more so the pretender that gets exposed. Um, I don't know if you consider Dallas a contender or pretender or not. I think they're kind of in between team. I think they could also get exposed potentially against Philadelphia. Um, interesting stat for you with what you just said. Who did you you pick? You picked um, the Jags. Teams coming off a of bye week after a London week are 16-3-1 against the spread. So God almighty. Yeah, so the Jags, I mean, they're plus three. So, I mean, this means they could still lose the game. That means they might cover. So, I'm just saying that's definitely going to be in play here. And that's also in play for Philly and they're minus seven. So, Cowboys could be looking to get smacked. And one of those exceptions happened last week. I forget who was coming off the London bye, but they lost last week. Um, it was either the Titans or the Chargers, and that's not true then. There was That was the last London game, right? Actually, no, 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 you're right. But the Titans stayed true to that trend, though. Yeah, but yeah it was Titans yeah. Charger was the last one. That's what it was. Yeah, both teams mm-hmm. stayed true to the trend. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be interesting. Um, what's what's an NFL storyline you got coming up this week? Um, I mean, hell, honestly, I, I would kind of – I don't know. This is kind of like a bad week for NFL. These matchups aren't enticing. I would say, but they are good matchups. They're kind of diamonds in the rough. That nerdy girl that you went to high school with, uh, after she graduated high school, she got like super hot, you know? Like maybe Mm -hmm. not like looking at them from the get-go, they might not be great matchups, but that Bengals-Saints matchup, I don't think it'll be a blowout. And I mean, I don't think that you really use the word blowout, but I think the Bengals, um, Bengals had a bye last week, didn't they? Um. Yeah, they did. Okay, I kind of like them coming off the bye week to at least score some points, keep this game close. Um, I believe AJ Green though is out. Really? What is it? A leg? Ankle? Um, let me double check. I he he was said to miss multiple weeks. I don't know if they multiple ended up getting weeks? a second opinion or what. Damn, I, I haven't seen anything about that. Yeah, let me search that, double-check for us there. But, I mean, if A.J. Green's out, that completely changes the yeah, entire yeah, outcome no, of this game. Uh, the Red Rocket Andy Dalton may not have a chance in the world if A.J. Green isn't there to bail him out. Mm-hmm. He needs A.J. Green. A.J. Green comes up big time. A.J. Green is out. He's expected to miss Never at mind. least two games scrap with a right said. foot injury. Scrap, scrap what I just said. That's not. That's absolutely not true. Andy Dalton will not put up more than 21 points without A.J. Green. Yeah. Andy Dalton needs him. And you know what I've known to learn about Andy Dalton is he plays good in all these games. And when Andy Dalton gets to a big primetime matchup where he's in, everybody's watching, he chokes every single time. Do you remember whenever Colin Cowherd said that Matt Ryan was Andy Dalton in a dome? Yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. I was actually listening to the radio today and they were comparing Matt Ryan's stats from this year and from his MVP year. And they're pretty much identical at this point in the season. He actually has one less interception. So if anything, he's been better and, and, and he has and more pretty, yards. And I'm pretty sure it's more yards per attempt as well. Yeah, exactly. Matt Ryan has been absolutely unbelievable this year. I'm telling y'all, all he needed was one more season with the uh, with the same head coach, that was all he needed. With the same offensive coordinator, he needed one more season. That's that's what I'm saying about Mariota. Look, I don't think Mariota is going to be a Matt Ryan or anything like that. But Mariota is at three offensive coordinators in three years. Yeah, Matt Lafleur. 
I like I like I think Mariota's decent. I think he's a number like ten to fifteen quarterback in the league. But I think Matt Lafleur is one hell of an offensive coordinator, and he's just a guru with everything he's done. He did it with the Falcons. Where was he at last year again? I can't remember where he was at last year, but he did the same thing once again. Damn, I don't remember. But looking at the um, the Titans game from the other night, that play calling was fresh as hell. Yeah, mm-hmm. Henry wasn't working real well, but I mean they got Deion Lewis Used going the Rams in space. last year. Yeah, yeah, the Rams. Um, yeah, we all know how he did with the Rams last year. God Almighty. Um, what were we saying? Yeah, he gets, oh, um, um, we were talking about the Titans' offensive attack. Yeah, he got the yeah. whole thing. They were running the ball for five, six yards mm-hmm. of carry. They were just Before smashing were them touched. in the mouth with Henry. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then going outside with Lewis, it was it was great. I mean Lafleur. I mean he he was with he was with uh, Shanahan, who probably has one of if not the best offensive systems in the league. I mean we've seen what he's done with C.J. Beathard. What was the name of that quarterback that they start on Thursday night? Like Mullins or something Nick like that. Mullins. Yeah, Nick Mullins, and he looks like an absolute baller. I mean, g- granted the Raiders are a garbage fire, complete dumpster fire, but. I mean, you can't deny the numbers no. that kid was putting up. That kid was balling. And you can see the confidence that he plays with his passes. And, I mean, it's still an NFL team that he's playing against. You know, it's still an NFL mm-hmm. defense. It's still – whether or not they're bench guys or not, they're still playing their hardest to try to get taped to find a, another contract. So I don't I don't like the whole garbage fire mentality of having to play somebody. You know, like that. it's still not like an NFL defense that you're playing. You know, like still a collection of the 32 best football players in the world. So to exactly. do that on a on a what it was a, a Monday night when everyone wrote mm-hmm. him off and was like oh, Thursday this is Thursday be shitty. oh it was a Thursday yeah primetime game if I wrote this kid off all oh, this kid's gonna get picked off next Nathan Peterman all this and he came out and did that this shows what coaching and great coordinators can do for you that's why I say coaching wins games not players that's exactly what it is that's why Belichick wins games. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's look ahead at all oh, the games. Oh, um, I actually week. spoke to our offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian tonight at Linux. No way! What did mm-hmm. you tell him? Um, I was about to clock out and leave, and then I saw him. Uh, he was parking. He's going to True Food or whatever. And um, I walk up. I, I I just look up, and it's him. And I'm like, Oh, hi, hey, how you doing, Coach? And he's like, Oh, hey, how you doing? I shook his hand. And I told him, Yo, like great play calls last week, like that. Like I told him to his face. I said, You honestly had like a perfect game. I said, like, everything was so fresh, you know, like, that was that was excellent. And I'm not going to bother him. I just walked off, and he said thank you, and we were we were good. Yeah, dang, that's awesome. Yeah, I would if I saw him, I definitely would have been like, Sark, I've always been on your side, bro. I wanted to tell him, be like, dude, I have literally cussed people out because, because I like you enough. You know, like, I, I stuck my neck out for you, and now you're making me look smart. You're my man. That's what I'm saying. That's all I've said is we need that one more year. I mean, he's been he's been amazing this year. Like you yep. said, I mean, that game was perfect. I mean, Calvin Ridley ran – if he had cut right on that route, we would have had another score. And if Trufant yep. didn't let the ball go through his hands, it would have been even worse. But yeah. It, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, hey, we could talk about the Falcons all day. But let's leave the Falcons. The Falcons are the only game off limits for this uh, topic right here. Let's talk what game or what matchup are you most intrigued by this weekend? I'm going to go ahead and give you my matchup that I'm the most intrigued by this weekend. 
and that is the Seahawks and the Rams. I think that this is the Seahawks' real chance right here to kind of catch the Rams off a loss. Kind of, you, you know, like I feel like this is really the Seahawks coming out game. They're four and four right now. They need this rather than you know, like you can't go below five hundred with how close this matchup or the NFC race is. So I think this is a huge matchup this weekend. I think it's a big like the Seahawks need to rebound. They can't afford to lose two games in a row after just yeah. getting hot. Their schedule only gets tougher from here. They have to play the Packers, then they get at the Panthers. They still have the 49ers twice, but they also have the Vikings and the Chiefs left on their schedule. So every week is more meaningful for the Seahawks. I don't know if they can run the gauntlet with this roster they have, but if they could steal one this week on a uh, Rams team coming off a loss, I mean, it would be huge. Um. You're correct, and I actually have the Chargers in that or the Rams in that game money line. Um, I don't like betting Seahawks against the spread just because of how crafty and shifty Russell Wilson is. He can make a garbage time score go a long way, and he can make it um, at the very end of the at, at the very end of time and kind of keep it close. So I'm pounding money line Rams for this game. Uh, I the Seahawks minus or plus 10 barely missed the cut to be on my hot 100 this week. It was probably it was the one bet that I was on the fence about having in there. But we'll get I'll let you go back to what you're saying, though. But it, that um, I was I was very iffy on. I almost picked that one. I'm definitely going to place it. This, and, and you're right. This is definitely a tough NFL week. I, I actually have a few of those on my hot 100. But the matchup that I'm most actually excited for is a, a shitty AFC matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. Brable um, versus Belichick. Yep. I'm ready to see that. Like you said about the Seahawks, I think that this is a coming out game for the Titans, too because they won last week, got real hot, looked real good on prime time. Everybody's watching them. Titans have been known for a grindy team, you know, that can win when it has to, but really kind of doesn't show up in the big moments. Um, I I feel like they can give the Patriots a really good game here. This is one of those games that could come down to the very last possession and we may get to see some Tom Brady magic for the first time uh, a, a year since Super Bowl almost. Yeah, um, I actually think the Patriots will pull this one out, even though they are on the road. I think it'll be a close game. I think they can play them close. I think the Patriots win, but I picked the Titans to make the playoffs, and I still think they will make the playoffs. If you look down here at their schedule, they go at Indianapolis the following week, then at Houston. Obviously, I think they lose at Houston that week. Then they get the Jets at home, the Jags at home, at the Giants versus the Redskins versus the Colts. I mean, potentially we God could see almighty. them after that win. At, that's that what I'm is, saying. This schedule, bro, where's the Falcons so, schedule that looks like that? That's what I'm saying. Like, this schedule was very easy. The fact yeah. you get the Colts, Jets, Jags, pretty much every team that's left on their schedule, except for the Redskins and the Texans, have losing records. So, I mean, that plays out. those games are winnable. I, I can, mm-hmm. I, if, if you made me pick right now, there may be one or two of those games that I may not pick them to win. But realistically, that could be a, how many games did you pull, uh, name off? Seven? Yeah, I believe so. That could easily i'm talking easily 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 be a five and two six and one record yeah i think the titans will finish the season probably at 10 and six and they will make the playoffs as a wild card team i think the texans win that division texans are on fire right now they as well have an extremely easy schedule since they were in last place but i mean i i'm very intrigued by this matchup as well i wouldn't be shocked if Vrabel could pull off the upset in this game mm-hmm. uh what's the do you know what the spread's at for this game the spread um I just, it's a plus six and a half Titans. Oh, okay. I have, I have Pat's minus seven right now. 
Oh, I, I love that. I mean, you get seven points at home if you're a Titans. I mean, yeah. I would smash that. If- yeah, just go ahead and smash that bet button. Yeah, definitely. You got to smash that button. Wow, the Rockets are losing by 20 points. This is Car- bad right Carmelo now. Carmelo Anthony has zero points of o- on O from nine shooting. He's a joke. We'll talk about the Rockets here in a few minutes. Um, last topic I want to touch on here on football before we move to the Hot 100. Uh, UGA Auburn this weekend, Georgia minus 14 in this game. Uh, what are you taking in this game? And what's your thoughts on this matchup? Um, as I, as I'll say in the hot 100, I'm taking UGA minus 13 and a half and the over at 52 and a half. Um, I feel like Auburn will come out ready to play. This game is in Athens. So I really don't give them a, a chance to win at all. Um, I think Georgia comes out, takes care of business early. And I really think that, um, this is this will be an easier game than last week against Kentucky at Kentucky. I think Georgia covers the spread, and I think the over hits at 52.5. I could see this being like a 38-24, you know, 38-20 kind of game. Uh, I agree with you on this one as well. I think Georgia blows them out of this game. I don't really think Auburn will be able to stay in it. The winner of this matchup is almost always whoever's at home, and most of the time it is not a very close game. It hasn't been close the last five years, so I look for or the last four years, so I look for that trend to continue in this game. I as well am taking Georgia minus thirteen. They barely missed being on my hot one hundred as well, just because I like to honestly. If I was still doing, if I put more college football teams on there, I would have had it. But I like to do a little mixture of both. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely I think it's probably the best matchup that we have this weekend. Obviously, me as a Florida State fan, I'm excited for Florida State and Notre Dame in South Bend. Unfortunately, guys, I think it's not gonna end too well for us, just like most of the season has gone for the Knowles. So it's gonna be interesting there. But oh let's yo, move um, here. you know, Florida State actually I think that's the tip off game for the two lane Green Wave basketball team is against Florida State in New Orleans. Really? Well, I hate to break it to you, but y'all are probably going to get smacked. We're a basketball school nowadays. Y'all, y'all smacked Florida the other day. Oh, 21 points. I had, I that had, was I had uh, Florida like plus six. Really? That was a hot takes lock was Florida State minus four. Damn. I had a buddy who yeah. texted me and told me that he had a real good beat on it. And he said, like he, like he had Kansas on there. He had uh, Duke versus Kentucky on there. And then he had Florida plus five against Florida State. and It just did not work. Yeah, no, I could have. Dang, you should have asked me about that one. I could have told you that we we own Florida in that matchup. They haven't beaten us in a while. God. They can't. Be, we, we've dominated that matchup. Unfortunately, they'll finally get a little bit back on us on football this year. But I I think it's time, Cohen. Let's move here to the Hot 100. All right. So before I get ousted, last week I didn't have a very good week. Um, I think I went a little bit too parlay heavy last week. I, I think I went too many three and fourteen parlays. So my strategy this week to rebound on that abysmal week that I had last week is um, a few less three and four team parlays, a few more straight bets, and a few more two team just hedge parlays. I think this will really do well for me. I think I, I, cause I I've been having a white hot week or last two weeks in terms of NBA, so I think I got a little bit too overzealous. I think I tried to lock in a few too many parlays, you know. Uh yeah, I've been red hot on NBA until tonight. So the Rockets aren't looking too hot right now, but we'll see. We'll see what happens here, there, though. But let's hear. Let's hear. It. Let's get to the. Let's get to the meat. All right. Um. So my first, my first bet is a straight bet in the NFL. Ten bucks on the Dolphins to cover the ten and a half. Um. And then I got the three team parlay for the four o'clock games, or two team parlay for the four o'clock games. Chargers minus nine. 
Rams money line and then the Rams game versus the Seahawks over 50 and a half. Um, I okay. have it. That's also for 10 bucks. Um, NBA parlay tomorrow night. Magic plus two and a half. Sixers money line. Pistons minus five. Nuggets money line. Um, I have separate two or uh, two pick parlay. Ten on Falcons minus six and a half and over at fifty and a half. Um, we move into some college football on Saturday. I got a parlay of South Florida plus fourteen and a half, BYU minus fourteen and a half, and Georgia Tech minus three and a half. And that was actually twenty bucks on that one. Then I have 10, or actually have 20 straight up on UGA um, to cover the 13 and a half. I bought back the half point from 14. I got Rutgers plus 39 and a half. Um, Bet 10 on that as well. 39 and a half for a spread is just outrageous. And it's not like Rutgers is some minor league college team. You know, like they're actually a Division I real football team that I doubt – God damn it! Who is it playing them? It's not Ohio State, but Michigan. Some, Michigan. I, I doubt Michigan even puts up thirty nine points. So I really, really? like. That I one. think Michigan covers that. No, the fuck they don't. Um, I mean, thirty nine and a half, beat, dude. That's fucking. It is, but they did just beat Penn State. Like, what was it? Forty five zero. No, no. What? What? Like thirty eight fourteen. Thirty eight seven or some shit. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think they they got into the forties. And if so, I think Penn State also scored like a touchdown or and a field goal or something. No, I don't think Penn State scored. I think they got shut out. I think it was a smackdown. No, it was definitely uh, forty-two to seven. Thirty-five point spread. They would, you know, they wouldn't have covered that in that yeah. game. I mean, granted, Penn State is a ranked team, also, so. I it is a Rutgers definitely too, your, I mean, I can see your point. I love home dogs. Um, my last parlay is an NFL parlay. Um, I'm usually pretty good at these. Jets minus six and a half. Saints minus six. Pats minus seven. And Colts money line. I really don't like doing that Pats minus seven, but whenever I do a serious um, NFL parlay, then go with Bill Belichick before, before the wheels fall off the track, you know? Yeah, I like That'd it. I mean, Belichick, not a bad. I like it. I like it. Belichick, not a bad guy to bet on. Uh, for my hot 100, so I did the. I did exactly what I did to start off last week. I'm risking 50 to win 48 on Alabama first half spread versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State is at Alabama. I don't know what the spread is going to be. No matter what it is, guys, take it. That's my max play this weekend. It hit last week. They have hit every single one so far this season. Alabama undefeated on first half spreads. God. Um, let's uh, go ahead and do a ten, do eleven for ten on another spot where Alabama is undefeated this season, and that is on first quarter spreads. Alabama has covered every single one. Alabama first quarter, no matter what it is, and then I've got eleven to win ten on Alabama minus twenty three and a half. I'm all over Alabama in this God matchup. Almighty. I didn't do this for the hot one hundred just for the sake of having some different bets, but if I were y'all, I'd parlay all those as well as individually throwing all of them. All those. On maxes this weekend, um, I have eleven to win ten on Cal at USC. Cal USC hasn't played very well lately. They're at home. I look for him to rebound here. Uh, I got eleven to win ten on the Redskins at Tampa Bay. I mean, on a uh, Tampa Bay. The Redskins are visiting them this week. Um, I think the Redskins are kind of falling apart. I mean, they had a lot of injuries last week. Trent Williams, you don't know if he's playing or not yet. He's the best left tackle in the league. I look I for them Garrett to get run all too, over by he? Tampa Bay. And then Ryan, yeah, Garrett he did. They got this. Mm-hmm. 
You have Chris Thompson's out. I mean, both teams are a little banged up, but also this game opened as a pick em. Tampa Bay minus three. Sharps love Tampa Bay. I love Tampa Bay as well at home to cover that spread. Uh, my last pick is um, 11 to win 10 on New Orleans minus five and a half. They opened as three and a half. Sharps are all over that one is I am as well. I feel like that New Orleans in this game is going to jet out early on them and just continue to run the score up. I think five and a half. I mean, I think this game should I when I first saw this game, I was like, it should be a seven point spread. Yet it's five and a half. New Orleans yeah. is rolling right now. And I look You're for them to keep right. rolling. You are absolutely right. So we'll see how these and everything Cohen and I'll be going head to head again this week I can, I'm excited we'll see who comes out as the winner I'm one and right now in the series but let's talk some basketball here I think Cohen this basketball game has happened so far this season was played in college basketball and it was played on Tuesday night between Duke and Kentucky um in terms of competitiveness that may or may not college basketball but that that game was very good in terms of we got to see the future of the guys that are about to go to the NBA, that glimpse of Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett is completely in or completely valuable. We cannot put a price tag on that because this is the guy in terms of Zion Williamson that these NBA teams are tanking for. I hate, I hate, I hate doing this. I hate doing this, but this kid might be the next LeBron. I mean, I like Zion a lot. Personally, if I have the number one pick, I'm taking R.J. Barrett over Zion. R.J. Barrett is a cold-blooded scorer. He scored 38, had 13 rebounds and five assists versus the U.S. 19 team because he's Canadian. R.J. Barrett is cold-blooded. He got the whole onslaught going the other night. Don't get me wrong. Zion has freakish potential and everything, but I'm taking R.J. over him. I think R.J. Barrett... I mean, Zion might be a bit, might be like LeBron, but RJ Barrett's going to be cold blooded like Kobe or somebody like that. And I will compare him to somebody who's that good. I think RJ Barrett is a top five player at his peak in the NBA. I think he's that good. Wow. I, I, I think, I'd probably say the same thing about Zion Williamson. I think that it, at any given time, if uh, his confidence never takes a hit and he gets the right organization, which hell, I mean, it's not even the right organization. It's just not the wrong one, which there's probably like four wrong organizations in the NBA that he could go to, but any team that gets him outside of the four or five bad organizations in the NBA, he could be a star player. Like you said, a top five at his peak player in the NBA at any given time. Yeah. I mean, Zion too. I mean, we could have two top five players in this mm-hmm. draft, not to mention Nasir little won the MVP in the Jordan brand classic and in the uh, McDonald's all American game over both these guys. So this draft class is freakishly stacked. Romeo Langford, bull bull, son of Manute bull. I mean, this draft, this is one of the best draft class I've seen. And I mean, all these draft classes now are stacked up top to bottom. I think it's gonna be funny to see all these bad teams like the Suns. all of the Suns are winning are wearing out the Celtics right now, but the Suns, the Hawks, the Mavericks, the just all the, these teams grizzlies Cavs, wizards all these teams bulls trying to drop as deep as they can take as much as possible these teams want these kids i think that that game was the biggest basketball game of the season because it has so much effect on the nba it's in itself you know what i mean yes. like after seeing how good these kids were all these nba teams were like all right we're why are we even winning games we need one of these kids these kids are franchise changing i think that game was probably one of the biggest like basketball games that we've probably seen it that's not been played in the NBA in the last 10 years. Um, I definitely do love this glimpse of the future at these guys. Um, like I've had like, so for example, 
I don't mean to interrupt you there, but for example, like Kevin Durant, when I saw him in college, I was like, all right, Kevin Durant is a once in a lifetime player. You want him. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen many players since Kevin Durant where I've been like, all right, like when I saw Anthony Davis, I was like, all right, this is a once in a lifetime player. You Mm -hmm. want him. Like when I, when I saw these kids play, I was like, oh my gosh, they're once in a lifetime players. Like you, like Blake Griffin's one of the ones, only ones I struck out on, but I mean, Blake Griffin's still a multiple time all-star and was the best player in his position a couple times in the league. He just got caught in a transitional period in the NBA and Blake Griffin is balling out of his mind. I was about to say he's playing playing extremely well this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like it's these players only come around every now and then I will say this. Then there's been drafts in the past where I've been like, these drafts are absolute trash, but these recent drafts are so stacked. I mean, every single one of these just have players in here. I'm like, all right, he's going to be a stud. He's going to do that. You know what I mean? But like, this is the one, like, I know I've seen multiple players in all these drafts that have been like, all right, they're going to be all-stars, but I haven't seen players on, like, these are going to be superstars, like the next big thing in ages. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the draft class with Ball and Mitchell and um, Kuzma and all those guys, I was actually wrong on that draft. I was thinking that, that this draft class kind of sucked, <clears throat> but they actually proved me wrong. That draft class was actually pretty damn good. Um. Last year's with Doncic and Young and Grayson Allen and all those guys, that is kind of mm-hmm. the, the jur- jury's still kind of out on that one. Um, it's looking good so far, though. Young has completely brought the excitement level in Atlanta up with the electrifying assists and long range shooting. Doncic is yeah. certainly playing well in Dallas, so I mean, like they're definitely on the right track to be good. But is this what like is this what we're gonna have to start getting used to now? Is these just stacked ass draft classes like every year? I think it will be because it's transitioned to more of an offensive set styled league. All these players have much, much, much better offensive skills. Like if you can't shoot, like if you don't have touch and you can't shoot, you can't play like you don't need those power forwards anymore to go out there and tackle five people a game and get 10 rebounds and be the star of the game. Like those players don't exist anymore. It's all about skill and getting buckets. You can't get buckets. You can't play. (laughs) And so I think that. Looking at this draft class, like Trey Young, he's already a floor general. He can control the game with his passing. His shooting hasn't come along yet. There's always late bloomers, too. Like, I look at last year's draft. Look how much better De'Aaron Fox is this year to last mm-hmm, 100%. year, which I thought would happen. Dennis Smith Jr. is taking off. He went off two nights ago. I think he had, like, 31. And then also Malik Monk's been playing decent on Malik the Hornets. and I think he's very good basketball. I think it'll take him a while. Like, I think he still needs a year or two before he's really ready to be like, all right, Malik Monk is a dog, but I think he will. And Jonathan Isaac, too, is that being sneaky good down on the magic. So I think just a lot of these kids, you got to give them like till that first contract is kind of up to really see what you're going to get out of some of them. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think the talent level in the NBA is loaded. That's why I think the NBA is taking off as a sport because just these it just keeps getting more loaded and loaded and loaded way more hype like that. That game was crazy the other night. I mean, I, we could talk about it for hours. Let's move along a little bit here. The Grizzlies are six and four right now. Um, they owe their pick to the Celtics if it's outside of the top eight. Do you think the Grizzlies are going to trade everybody to try to tank it out, or are they going to push for the playoffs? Um, I definitely do. I think the West is too stacked for them to try to go to the playoffs. I think there is um, – what is there – 15 or 16 teams in the West. I think that mm-hmm. there are 15 or 16 teams that are fighting for eight playoff spots. I think outside of the Suns, I think just about every team in the West has an excuse on why they could make the playoffs if they hit a run. Um, the East is definitely a different story. It is definitely a cakewalk over there. 
Um, how the the Hornets haven't made it the past two years is beyond me, but that's a conversation for a different episode. Um, I definitely do think that the the Grizzlies, even though they've got off to a really hot start, I think they will try to command the tank, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, I completely agree with you there. I think Marcus Soul <laughs> will be on the move, and a team that I think needs to make the move for Marcus Soul is the Orlando Magic. I think they need to go ahead and ditch Dwight Howard. They signed to a contract and swap him with the with the Grizzlies for Marcus Soul and their first round pick. I think doing that trade would completely change the entire outcome of the Wizards season. I think Marcus Soul is that good that he can have that positive an impact on that team. I mean, I think almost any team pretty much that's trying to make a playoff push, especially in the East, could use a Marcus Soul like the Hornets could, the Pacers. I mean, shoot, even the Celtics could maybe even work something there to get him so I think Marcus Soule is probably one of the most tradable assets in the NBA Um, Mike Conley I think would fit in really well with the Spurs and all the injuries they've seen to their point guards if they want to try to make a playoff push so I think the Hornets can definitely go out and acquire pieces I mean not the Hornets the Grizzlies can go out and and deal away these guys which I think they will do I think they'll hit a rough patch here soon they had a big win last night against the Nuggets but I think they need to go ahead and rebuild Jerry Jackson Jr. looks to be a good pick so um, that's a very interesting point that you brought up about the Wizards. I think that the Wizards this year, outside of maybe the Cavaliers, are mm-hmm. the worst team in basketball. They're giving I, up, I think, about 118 points a game. Um, I, I, I think Scott Brooks is a pretender as a head coach. Um, I said that about him whenever he was in Oklahoma City. He was carried by his talent all the time. I think he's a horrible statistician. I think he's a horrible locker room guy. His body language looks very conservative and scared and shell-shocked. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets canned midseason. Yeah, I would not um, be surprised either if he gets canned midseason. I think that they're about ready to write them off. Um, do you get? Do you have any other NBA topics you want to talk about? Not necessarily. <clears throat> Seems like we've kind of touched base on about every at least little aspect of the NBA. Yeah, I agree. I think we talked about most things. Um, Rockets are getting beat by 20 right now. I guess we talk about the Rockets here real quick. I know you said Chris you Paul just got a, just just got the worst technical foul in the world. Like you know, like like that little move where, where you like you go to like pass the ball, but like you hit mm-hmm. it straight on the ground and then like it bounces back up to you. He just did that. He just like punked the referee by doing that. Jeez, yeah. Chris Paul's frustrated. They're all frustrated. This is pathetic right now by the Rockets. I think they're going to figure everything out, but I mean, Melo's got to go. This guy sucks, in my opinion. I think Melo's played the best minutes of his career. I'd rather have a fond memory of Melo than the Melo memories that we have now. Mm-hmm. I think they got to get him out of there. Um, it's kind of like <clears throat> it's kind of like um, Breaking Bad. Like why why would they make a Breaking Bad movie whenever the show was so great? Like let us have a good memory of the show instead of letting us see a shitty sequel of a movie, you know? Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. I like that. I like that terminology a lot. I just think, I mean, terminology, I just said terminology. Um, I like that a lot. I think the Rockets will figure things out. They still don't have Brandon Knight back. I just don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. Reza was really, 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 really good at what he does. They kind of have P.J. Tucker now. He does that. But at the same time, they still had P.J. Tucker, and they also had Luke Rashad and Umba Mute. So they're pretty weak on a couple of their on a couple of their guys who kind of play that role for the team. Yeah, they lost a few good um, 3 and D guys on the wing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting, but is there anything else you want to talk about before I let you go, Cohen? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much 
covered all we can in our 45 minutes of time together. Yeah, I see. I think we were pretty. I think we did a good job of staying on topic and moving along today, better than we have in the past. Yeah, yeah, and, and we covered like a lot of stuff today in forty-five minute span. So I think we're in here. Yeah, I do too. Well, Cohen, I appreciate you coming on once again. We'll see how the Hot One Hundred goes this week. No worries, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Cohen Hughes. You can find me at um, at TDD Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and um, I am the host of the Daily Degenerate Podcast. Hope you had fun. I know we did. Thanks for listening. Yeah, once again, thanks for listening, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. It's been a pleasure having y'all listen to me and Cohen go at it again. Mm-hmm.